0: Church. Hey, no, we can give a round of applause to the worship team. I like that idea. Hey, man, God is in this place this morning, and I, I'm excited about today, church. Uh, we talked about it already. We're heading down to the beach later today uh, to do some baptisms down there at, at Moonlight Beach. Um, and it is going to be a very, very exciting Sunday uh, to be a part of this church body uh, and to be a part of the church body as a whole Um, and so we are going to get into it this morning as we get into our third week of our above all series and we've been going through the book of colossians My throat for some reason is very dry this morning. So if I have to take a lot of drinks of water, i'm sorry um, but uh, we are in week three Uh of this series and what's been going on is we've been going through the book of colossians um, and so we're going to take the third chapter today And we're actually going to slice it in half. We're going to do part one this week and part two next week. Uh, And so that's kind of where we are. Um, And if you haven't met me, my name is Scotty. I'm the youth pastor here at New Vintage Church. Uh, I'm really excited to be able to bring the word to you this morning. So the story so far um, in the book of Colossians is as follows. So there is a man named epaphras which if you were here during our philippians series we talked about a dude named epaphroditus two different guys this isn't a nickname this is a completely separate person Um, but he went to visit paul who is in prison again for preaching the gospel so um he shows up to paul and he tells paul about the colossians so fun fact paul has never met the colossians uh, when he writes this letter to them Uh, And so he tells Paul about the Colossians, what they've been doing, what's been going on, how God has been working there. And Paul writes this letter in response and sends it to them. He starts off uh, in chapter 1 just making sure to emphasize Jesus, to emphasize the exalted Messiah. And if you were here for week one of this series, Pastor DJ gave an amazing message. And one of his main points was every important conversation that we have— must start with Jesus, and so that's what he does. Again, he's never met these people. He knows a little bit about them. He knows a little bit about their church, and so he makes sure that one that they know that they're on the same page when it comes to Jesus. So he exalts the Messiah. He he glorifies him. He talks about how amazing he is what he has done for us. And then in chapter two, you know, he kind of says, "Hey, yeah, I am in prison, but I'm actually very thankful for it. I see how the gospel is being advanced all around me because of that." And then he goes into, hey, God is king and no one else. Jesus is the standard and no one else. Jesus is what matters and nothing else. He is the only God and the only way and nothing else. And in fact, Jesus fulfilled all the laws. And his resurrection and his death and resurrection is sufficient enough and does not need to be supplemented by any other earthly things. Now, here's why he kind of gets into those things, because the Colossians at this time are facing two very heavy influences. One is a very heavy Greek culture uh, that is saying, this is how we should live. This is what we should do. um, This is how we ought to, you know, follow these certain laws, da-da-da-da-da. And this is what you should do to be a good citizen. And then over here, there's this group called the Judaizers very old school religious group that are going around to essentially all Christians at this time. The Galatians were facing it, the Philippians were facing it, and they're saying to be able to follow God correctly, to be able to be a good Christian, here's all the rules that you must follow, right? And a lot of them based out of the Old Testament law. And so this is what they're standing in the middle of. They're standing in the middle of a lot of culture influence and a lot of very religious influence. I know none of us could ever relate to that through anything that we're going through today. But this is what they're standing in between, and so Paul makes it clear very uh, early that Jesus is enough. His death and resurrection does not need to be supplemented by all these extra rules, and also his standards are the way to live, not culture standards. So he starts that with or he he finishes that off in chapter two, and then we get into chapter three, um, and it starts with what I would say is one of the main verses of why we picked above all for the title of this series. Uh, In verse one, it says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Focus, because Jesus did this for us, because he is the Messiah and he is the Christ and he is worthy of being worshipped and praised and he is worthy of us following him and he is the standard and he is enough, because of all of that, set your eyes on him who is above all. So that's how he starts off this chapter. We're going to pray, and then we're going to pick up the chapter in starting in verse 5. But so let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are enough. We thank you you are constantly working on us and forgiving us and loving us and having grace and mercy on us, God. Lord, let some word that is heard today be yours. Lord, we love you and praise your name. Amen. So there's two sections that we're going to cover today. In verses 5 through 17. The first one is put to death. and The second one is, I'll make sure, yeah, put to death is over here. Good. Live as new is over here. Um, now, if you heard Riley talk about it, if you've seen the announcements, you know today we are going to go down to the beach and do baptisms. And so there is a very obvious parallel with what we're talking about today in baptism, right? When we look at baptism, uh, It is an act of putting to death the old self, and living as new in the new life. Now, let me get this, I want to make sure we make this clear, that living as new throughout this entire message today, throughout our lives, living as new does not mean we demand that God demands perfection, that you must always never sin again, and if you do, you have to go through the whole process again and get baptized again, and, 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 and this whole thing, no. What it is, is putting to death our old self that is living in earthly ways, chasing after earthly things, making mistakes and really not caring and all this stuff, and raising as new in a new life in the freedom and light and love and grace and mercy of Christ. That when they do mess up, they can recognize, I need to turn. I have hurt this person. I need to forgive. Um, this person is hurt or I need to ask for forgiveness. This person has hurt me. I need to forgive and I need to chase after Christ with all I'm I'm doing and repent from my old earthly motivations, my old sinful ways and chase after God. So this isn't, uh, well, you better die to everything you've ever done mistake wise and then you better live as new perfection. I hope that does not come across this morning. Um, This is an aspect of turning towards God and living for his ways and living for his motivations Chasing after him to be more like Jesus. So the first half, putting to death. uh, In the verses we're about to read, there are two sections of this. Uh, It covers one, kind of wrong motivations um, slash wrong outward actions. And then also speech and conduct within uh, the body of Christ and with other humans. So we are going to start uh, in verse 5 where it says, put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. In some of uh, translations, it might say greed. Um, kind of the same thing there, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. So first off, put to death these things. Now we might be asking, why? (laughs) What's, What's the point here? It might be fun, it might be whatever, it might be cool. Why should we put these things to death? Well, for two main reasons, protection and reflection. So the protection side is this. God knows better. (laughs) We like to believe we know everything and know better, but God knows better. And to be honest, I don't know anyone that has lived in a lifestyle of immorality, passion, evil desire, greed, anger, slander. I don't know anybody that has lived in that lifestyle and went, you know what? I'm really glad that I've made these choices. (laughs) I'm really glad that I get angry all the time. I'm really glad that I can't Um, you know, set my standards on something. I'm really glad that I'm living with this addiction. I'm really glad that I'm living in this thing. It might feel good in the moment. It might seem fun in the moment. It might be accepted by other people. But when we are living in these lifestyles, at some point, we're going to hit something and go, oh, there's a reason why we should put that to death and not chase after these things. The other reasoning is this, The protection of we feel like we might need to fulfill certain voids in our life. And we go after earthly things that will never satisfy. However many things we build up, the problem is the void that is actually there can only be filled by God, which is eternal. So we could try and try and try and try with all these earthly things. And we will never, ever, ever, ever get to the point where we feel satisfied. That's why you see, oh, like these very, very rich people who are just depressed. Or these really, really successful people who just can't seem to stop or or whatever because they try to fill with these earthly ways that can't fill the eternal void that can only be filled by God. The other one is reflection. I don't know anybody who's been around a person who likes to gossip, who likes, you know, who's angry, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, passion, greed, and went, that person's an amazing person as fun as it is to maybe talk about some friend, like call up someone and be like, did you hear about this? I can't believe this. And they go, oh my gosh. And you hang up and you're like, yeah, the person on the other side of the phone and yourself, I don't know if you guys are necessarily having, you know what? The person I just talked to, they're such an amazing person. They're such a graceful person. They're such a merciful person. They're such a loving person, right? And so this reflection. We are supposed to, as Christians, be able to reflect Christ to the outside world, and so when we are living in these ways, not only should we die to ourselves to be able to protect us from things that we don't want to encounter, but it's also die to ourselves so that we can be a better reflection to Christ to those around us, and live in a way that people might say, why do they seem happier? Why Do I feel like I am loved and cared for by them more than the average person? Why? Why? And then they can dig into, oh, it's because they're chasing after Jesus. They're living new. They're living new. So then the second half of this is live in that new light. And what's cool about this as well is those pressures that I talked about earlier kind of go away, the cultural pressures and the religious pressures, because those are things that are human made that will always change and shift. And so if we're trying to build our foundation on what culture says is the way to live right now, it is completely different than the way culture said to live five years ago. It's different than culture said to live one year ago, three years ago, 10 years ago. And it's constantly shifting. So if we're trying to build our foundation and then build our lives based upon, okay, it does, does culture agree with what I'm saying? And then they say, hey, why do you have that piece right there? Actually, we've decided that that is no longer acceptable. Or, hey, we've decided that all this must be a part of your life if you're going to be a good person. So you got to add all this in. And you're constantly trying to deal with the pressure of tearing down and building up and fixing your foundation on a, on a land that is constantly shifting and moving. And there's cracks and there's holes and, you know, things might break. And, and it's like, I, I don't know what to do here because the culture can't figure out what's going on. Same thing with the kind of religious rules that humans have come up with over time. Now, what I'm not getting at is things that the Bible says are true. It's more of stuff like, well, I can't believe you possibly ever missed a Sunday for church, right? Right? you uh well yeah well we were on vacation on it well how dare you it's like no no that that's what we're what we're talking about now the what, we're, what we read in the bible is still what we read in the bible and god's standards are still god's standards so i don't want to get this twisted that what i'm talking about with the religious pressures is uh going against anything of what the bible's saying it's more of like oh well, i don't know if you saw but they showed up to church and they were dressed like You know, they didn't have a cool denim jacket on. So there's no way that they're Christian. Uh, I don't know. I asked, you know, we asked them to open up their Bibles to Hezekiah. They didn't know where that was. So I don't know. That more of those kind of things that are going on here. um, And those pressures and those things that can constantly change and those expectations that can constantly change when we decide to live as new and chase after God, the good news is God does not change, Jesus' love does not change, and Scripture does not change. And so now we can look at a solid, unmoving foundation and build our lives upon that. And it takes all the pressure off. So live is new. The shift happens in verse 10. So it's, but it's part of the sentence in verse 9, so I'm going to read verse 9, but we're going to start the slide on verse 10. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. I want to quickly touch on this point. Christ is all and in all. When it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the church, Christ is all and in all. And something that starts to frustrate me sometimes is that there are certain church groups or there are certain uh, political or economical groups or ideals that will try and say, we've figured out Jesus actually the most. Ours has it right the most. Now, there are some sections that of what people might say are Christians, where they might have some things that are way off, and we're not talking about the outliers way out there, but what I'm saying is we start fighting about these little things that might separate this church from this church from this church from this church, or this group from this group from this group from this group, group, when really in reality, when we get to heaven, none of that is going to matter. It is only going to be Christ, and it is only going to be Christians, And so as we go throughout this life, we need to remember at all times, body of Christ, church, that Christ is all and in all. And no one group has it completely 100% right, because again, God is infinite, and we cannot get him 100% right. And if we believe we've gotten him 100% right, that's probably a dangerous place to be in. And so we need to remember as we're interacting as the body of Christ. Christ is all and in all and be unified rather than fighting over these little things that might separate us and then the outside world looks at us like they can't even figure it out so we have to be unified it continues verse 12 put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another. And if one of you has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That passage feels so peaceful. (laughs) Honestly, this passage in and of itself doesn't need much preaching because it kind of explains itself. And that world, can you imagine a world where everyone is focused on being compassionate, being kind, humble, meek, patient, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, letting peace rule our hearts? Could you imagine a world like that? It would be amazing. Unless you're at a stop sign and four people are there and everyone's like, no, you go. No, 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 you go. No, you, no, you go. Right? Then it's like, okay, guys, let's somebody be selfish. Let's go. No. Um... But that world is perfect. That world is heaven. That world was the world that this was created to be before sin entered. That is why we must die to ourselves and live as new. And live with these things in mind. Because even if we just said, we're not always going to get it right, we know that, but even if we just said that this is going to be our motivation, I want to be compassionate, kind, humble, meek, patient, and we shifted our lives to at least chase after them, understanding that we're going to make mistakes, the world and culture around us would completely shift. Families would completely change. Churches would look completely different. And the lifestyles of people in and around those things would look completely different. We must die to the old self and live as new. Now, weird topic shift, but go with me on this, church. In under two weeks, I'm getting married. So I am stoked. I am so excited. Um, she emily is one of the coolest humans I have ever met Uh, if you have not met her, uh talk to her today and your day will get better. Uh, no pressure, babe Uh, (laughs) but she is so awesome and our relationship up to this point has been amazing Now with this wedding happening, I am prepared I am and i've been getting prepared and I have been reading and studying to what it looks like to live in this brand new life that i'm stepping in right i'm not gonna get to always eat the way that i've eaten up to this point spend the money the way i've spent the money up to this point right Uh, i'm gonna have to hang way more clothes apparently i don't i I just fold them and throw them in the drawer i don't know but i I, there's a lot of things that are going to have to change and shift to where my wants and needs move aside to do what's best for us as a married couple and what's best for her. I'm preparing to live new. Now, I'm going to walk you through a little timeline. And this timeline is a very, 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 very basic timeline of a marriage relationship. Uh, And you see four kind of lines up there. We're going to go through this. Okay, so the first one um, is, I had a crush on Emily. I was interested in Emily. I I saw her I said, she is very cute. She is an awesome person. I would like to be around her more. Now, I still wanted to make sure that this was someone I wanted to step into a relationship with. So step two was I had to learn about her, right? Through going on dates, through phone calls, through hanging out, I had to learn, is this someone that I want to step into a relationship with? And soon enough... I realized in the middle of a Joe's Pizza in Manhattan, New York, um, that yes, and I asked her right there, will you be my girlfriend? Super romantic place to do it in, in the middle of a Joe's Pizza in line for some slices of pizza, but that relationship started right there. And now, my life looked a little bit different. I had a lot more emphasis on this relationship that I'm stepping in because I stepped into this because I saw that this was someone that I wanted to start a relationship with, and this is someone that, as I was learning, I was also confirming that this could also be someone that I want to marry. Now, time went by. We got engaged last year, and like I said, now in under two weeks, there will be a wedding. Now, weddings, for the most part, go about the same way every time. There might be some different elements here and there, there might be different things emphasized here and there, but for the most part, what happens? Everyone comes down the aisle, then everyone stands up, the bride walks down the aisle, there's vows exchanged, there's a kiss, everyone cheers, everyone walks back out the aisle, and then there is a celebration, right? There are pictures taken, there are people there. And now for the rest of life, anybody who gets married because of all of that can never say, I was never married why well there's people there there were pictures taken there was a celebration to be had so no matter what happens we can't claim oh i was never married because people were there to see it and celebrate it and watch it there were pictures taken everyone saw the ceremony right everyone cried at the first dance and the father-daughter dance and all this kind of we were there so you can never then claim i was never married Then the reason why this is so far over here and there's so much of the timeline left because the wedding is not the finish line. It is not like in a couple weeks, not even a couple weeks, less than two weeks, I'm going to get married and go, all right, I'm a husband. Congratulations. Uh, I made you into a wife. Uh, Cool. Well, you know, this is going to be cool. This is awesome. And sit back and relax. What then starts is a completely different life through the rest of the timeline of my life. It is a completely different way of life. Now, also, there was a moment when we got married, the family, because of us getting married, got bigger. Also, down the road, there's children, you can adopt, you have children of your own, but then there's this emphasis that not only did the family get bigger that day, but the family will get bigger at some point down the line. And so that is the timeline of... A basic timeline (laughs) of this marriage relationship that I'm stepping into and what people do, marriage relationships that people step into. Now, funny enough, in the Bible, uh, when you look at the original language that it was written in and stuff like that, a lot of the words surrounding baptism are a lot of the same words and adjectives that surround marriage. So let's look at a timeline of a relationship with Jesus. Four things. One, there's interest. Uh, I heard a message. I heard a worship song. I read through a part of the Bible. I saw a a video. Something happened that started a process of me being interested in God, the Bible, church, Jesus. What is that? What is going on? So we step into it and we start to learn. I show up to church every week. Uh, If you're in high school, I go to the Christian club on my high school campus. Um, I, I started hanging around more Christians and asking them the questions. I, I started reading the Bible more and I started to learn about what is church? What is God? What is Jesus? What is the Bible? What is going on here? And then through this process, we step into a moment where we believe in our hearts and declare with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the relationship starts and salvation is gained and it's beautiful, Lord, you are the Messiah, I am broken, and you needed to die on the cross so that I may live, and you rose from the dead, defeating death forever, defeating the grave forever, and through this, I gain eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Then we step into baptism. Now, baptisms go about the same way every time. There might be a couple different elements uh, some churches do it like they wheel like a big bathtub up on stage Some people do it in a pool We do it in an ocean There's a, there's a passage in the Bible where there's a puddle deep enough And so they do it right there, right? But there, it goes about the same way Where there's people around a body of water There's a confession made Yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord And then we step into that body of water And die to the old self and raises new Then there is a celebration Pictures are taken. People are there. And for the rest of your life, you cannot say, I was never a Christian. Because people can go, <laughs> I was there. I saw you make that choice. We had Bible studies about it. We talked about it. I was there. I'm the one that baptized you. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? Like, no, because here... I don't want to take away anything from the relationship starts aspect, but there could be a possibility where you're sitting in a church building somewhere, or you're sitting at a retreat somewhere, or you're sitting at a worship conference somewhere, and you say, Jesus, I do accept you, and then you never talk to someone about it ever again, and you can't be supported and built up, and there may be a moment down the road where you say, oh yeah, no, I was never a Christian, and there's not anybody there to maybe hold you accountable and call you back to the choice that you made. Just like in that wedding timeline, if there are, it may be an argument, or there's a hard time going on, or whatever, they can look back on pictures from their wedding, videos from their wedding, or just remember the wedding in general, who was there, and reminisce on, this is why we did this. I No, this is why I made this choice. This is what, same thing with baptism, there's something going on, there's something that is hard there is doubts there's questions we can look back on baptism and say, no i made that choice i remember who was there and i before everybody else said i believe this and it can help you not only in and of yourself but then the people around you can help support you because they know they watched you make that choice and so then it is on the rest of the church to be with those people and include those people in the body just as everyone else who has done, made this choice before. And say, no, we're here to help you. We saw you make that choice. And then, this is not the finish line. It is the starting blocks. And the idea is, there is a brand new way of life. Make the family bigger. There's a brand new way of life. Make the family bigger. We talked about the brand new way of life a lot today, but there's also an aspect of now Let's go out and find others that need this because there are others that need this. And I want to tell my story. And so uh, I feel like I have talked about this enough today. Um, We have three of the people that are getting baptized today. Uh, We kind of sat them down this week and heard a little bit about their story and why they're making this choice. And so we're going to watch that now. My name is Tobin and I'm a sophomore now. Buck Bueller, I'm going to be a a
1: sophomore this year. My name is Peter, I'm a graduated senior. Um, What drove me to make the decision to get baptized was um, wanting to take my faith into my own hands and surrendering my life to Christ and having him be at the center of my life and having people witness me make that decision because I,
2: one, I think it's important, and two, uh, when we were at CIY, uh, they were talking uh, about surrendering on Tuesday. I was thinking, like, I need to surrender, like, myself to Christ, and baptism would be, like, the best way to do that, and so I asked Ricky to baptize me.
3: What made me make this decision is that, at CIY, that I dropped these chains and I wanted to get closer to God because I wanted him at the center of my life so I can make these better decisions and walk in his path. <laughs> I'm excited to see uh, like all the people around me like clap for me and like be excited for me and just enjoy the experience while I'm getting baptized and get like that, make that decision.
2: Uh, like hanging out with all the guys and like getting baptized and, like, being around,
1: like, a good community of people. I'm really excited to feel that free feeling and feel that peace and feel that love of the community around me as I make the decision to choose the life of Christ and choose all that love, and um, I'm just really excited for that.
2: I want to, like, bring more people to church and, like, lead more people to christ because there's a lot of people that i know that aren't like that don't know god and don't know who he is and so i want to bring them to try to get them to youth group um
1: i see me myself um just having the accountability of all of the people that are going to witness witness me be getting baptized and um i see myself Trying to be more involved in the church and do more and try to bring more people to the kingdom of God to help them feel that free feeling and feel that peace that God brings you.
3: Moving forward, I wanna be like a part of God's life, be more involved in church, be like a kingdom worker and like just start this, like speak the word.
1: Mainly I would if you feel like you're at the point where you've you've checked out God you've checked him out and you're like wow I love this this is what I want to do with the rest of my life then I wouldn't hesitate and I would t- take that next step and get baptized and surrender it to him
3: for the people out there that are wondering and on the edge of it honestly I say just just talk to the one of the leaders or talk to Scotty and just make it happen because you only, like, get the chance to do it, like, because, like, God, like, surrendered for you. And if you know him, he's a great person to follow in his footsteps.
0: Sweet. All right, love it, guys. That's awesome. All right, is
2: that it? Oh, yeah, all, all right,
0: it. bet. Woo! Check, check. We only get the chance to do it because Jesus surrendered for us. That's right. So 14, 15, Tobin, how old are you? 15, 15, 15 15-year-old student that recognizes that. Is that this choice and this life that we can make and live in is only accessible because jesus first surrendered for us and made it so that we could have a relationship with him and one thing i want to touch on before we head into communion we're not going to throw it up there i can just read it was the last part of the passage that we read starting in verse 16 let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god and whatever you do do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And there's this point that he makes there of make sure you are building each other up and there for each other. That's why when we do these baptisms, church, it's not just, hey, we talk to those people that are getting baptized and we talk to their families and we head down and we just do it with them. That's why we make an emphasis to, hey, church, let's go down there because there's a beautiful part of us all being a part of the body of Christ. And then to end today, I will repeat what Tobin said. We only get the chance to do it because Jesus first made the sacrifice for us. And now we are going to turn to what we do every week, and that is communion. And the reason we do this every week is to make sure that we never forget that. That Jesus' death on the cross is what allows us to make this choice in the first place. It is, allow, it is what allows us to step into this light and, and make this choice. So as we do this As we take this time of communion if you did not get uh the communion elements they're in the back of the room um but let's make sure that we remember what jesus did for us and thank him that we get to now live in the light and the life of christ so lord we just thank you for today Lord, we thank you that we can make this choice to live in you lord and that when we choose to live in you we gain an identity and a purpose like never before lord and that we can put to death these old ways in these old things, God, and that we can choose to then live in you and is beautiful like never before. Thank you for all of it. Lord, we love you and we praise your name. Amen.